0: Hello and welcome back to Tycharmanethrin Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Will. We're here to dive into the prologue of A Winter's Heart. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna do the diving into the the snow.
1: <laughs> diving on in. All Ooh. right. So. The prologue is called Snow. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Makes sense, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I thought you were making a joke on I was not. I mean, I may have unconsciously seen it at the top of your notes, but I wasn't (laughs) intentionally doing that. Okay, so, yeah, prologue is called Snow. Yeah, I am going to go ahead and drop the A. I said A, Winter's Heart. I'm sure someone's going to say, nope, it's Winter's
1: Heart. So it is is indeed Winter's Heart. Yes, Winter's Heart. Maybe the shortest title, actually. Yeah, yeah, it could Um, be probably anyway yes still doing these um advice on reader skim and the prologue is a read hey for this one yes so we start off with breakneck speed by breakneck speed <laughs> i mean almost a snail's pace this is the perspective character that you've been waiting for ever since the end of path of daggers yes you no longer have to guess what's going on with cain <laughs> okay so more than likely you don't even remember who Siena is never will (laughs) yeah she's one of the small group of peripheral Aes Sedai in the White Tower who are trying to find the Black Aja so far they've only succeeded in confirming that there are Saladar Aes Sedai in the tower Mm -hmm. but a few hours ago Talene Talene whatever Talene another forgettable Aes Sedai Refused to re-swear the three oaths. So now they're torturing her. Now, folks, I want to put in a little PSA here that despite what they show you in movies and TV, torture doesn't actually work. You know, so don't go torturing people. If you um, capture them, they're not going to tell you anything. And if you don't believe me, You should watch an excellent film featuring Adam Driver called The Report, which can be viewed on Amazon Prime. So Mm. I know you got it. Mm -hmm. It details the study following the report on the enhanced interrogation techniques used by used on the prisoners until the mid 20 teens by the U.S. government anyway. Um, didn't mean to get <laughs> borderline political there, but uh it's it's actually a really good movie, is is mainly it's it's intriguing. Anyway, they're torturing what's her face, and finally she agrees to reswear the oaths, and then surprise, surprise, she admits to be part of the black aja dun, 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 dun. interestingly Teline, whatever thinks that elida is black aja because her fellow black sisters seem to always know what she's going to do right before, before she says before right. she issues a proclamation right so um uh she doesn't know that uh we can thank Alviarin for that indeed Goes to show, and I think even one of the characters mentions, that like the concept of truth depends on what you believe to be true, not what exactly. is factually true. Yeah, and that's always a very important thing to keep in mind in regards to Aes Sedai truth-telling, is that not only can they skirt it intentionally, but if they've been lied to... And they believe it, then they can say it as if it's true, which adds more weight to the lie. So as um, as with the story with Loghain and the Red Aja um, being used, so that we've kind of already seen already. So next we shift to an Elaine perspective, which is pretty cool. This is like really fast getting to a main character, um, actually, for prologue. That's um, a good point. She's in the palace at Camelot, strategizing about her succession to the throne with her allies, talking about, OK, well, we're probably going to need to hire some mercenaries. But, you know, mercenaries aren't that reliable. And maybe we can hire hunter for the horn and blah, 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 blah. When Mazrum Taim just strolls right in like he owns the place. Yeah, that's what he does. Almost knew. No warning Yeah, I, th- I just I feel like he's just got to be a total jerk anywhere he goes. Like yeah, just. that seems fair. Elaine and Taim have a tense little visit in which we don't really learn any new information. They just both are kind of like you know unpleasant, uh, <laughs> yeah, rude to each other. But it's established that Taim at least wants to appear to placate the possible future queen, and Elaine doesn't want to antagonize the Ashaman, so. Their meeting is cut short, however, when Deer enters and lets Elaine know that it is time for the sister ceremony. Um, so
0: take your clothes off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which, by the way, I found out later that, like, you when you're told it's time that if you like say, "Oh no, I'm not ready" or anything that that oh it's too late. Like you can't be you, you, then you can't do the ceremony. Right. Um, which is yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> this is the first sister ceremony. Uh, with with uh, avienda and it's interesting it's it's, it's very interesting i think first off it's yet another naked ceremony indeed because robert jordan yep or because it represents two women being reborn reborn. reborn would
0: be a little bit more legitimate than 95 percent of the others
1: yeah yeah still weird i don't know i think it's it's mainly because jordan has a thing for female ritual nudity i I mean anyway yeah In the ceremony, the one power is used to compel Elaine and Avienda to follow the wise one's instructions. So they're asked four things. I'm not going to get into like the detail of what they say to each one, because I've already said this is a read and and if for no other reason this section actually right here is all worth reading um so they ask what's the best thing you know about the other woman what's the worst thing you know about the other woman what's the most childish thing about the other woman and what are you most jealous of which you know those are good questions to kind of like get out of the way if you're Mm -hmm. like declaring i'm brutally honest yeah Mm. sam what are you most jealous of me of probably your beard oh yeah, I, w- I would be jealous of my beard it's too a pretty if I did a really great beard for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably most jealous of, of uh, S- Sam's uh, martial arts ability and, and general drive to work out. I just don't know. Oh have man, that.
0: my child, my five year old, just started taekwondo um, and I thought about signing up also i mean it's literally been i don't know 15 years since i did this stuff um and i was like ah it'd be fun to get back into it and then it was 400 dollars for him for three months like wow i I think i'm just gonna watch
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) speaking of martial arts they're commanded to slap the other woman as hard as they can and it should be a a fun scene yeah (laughs) And then they're bonded, like basically like I said. Just imagine the slow
0: motion, and then just the whole face just
1: like rippling away. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple of thoughts on this section. Please. Um, First off, if you read it, basically the process is to force the other woman to say and do awful things to one another Mm -hmm. and then scold them for saying it. That's the part that's kind of funny to me is that after one of the things that Avienda says is that Elaine uses her... uh, uh, attractiveness to get her way sometimes, and like or likes that men look at her or something. Oh no, know. she didn't. And and then and the wise ones are like, and you don't. That's right. like their response to basically everything. You everything. you both are saying things that you do. Yep, and which is which. I'm like, I'm sure that is true a lot of the time, but like, what happens when it's like? The thing they say is utterly not true of themselves. Like, what? It, they're like, well, you have a point. Yeah. Not right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just move on to the next
0: one right. that we can criticize uh, you about.
1: Right. I just thought that was funny. I
0: just love, love the scene of uh, Nadir commanded to ask to tell Elaine it's time to go. And I'm just like picturing, you know, like you said, it has to be, it's going to be, she thinks it's always going to be at the most inopportune time. I'm just imagining Elaine like singing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> 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 just like, time to go. Like, yeah. At um, like the start of a football game, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm
1: like, okay. Here's a here's a bathrobe. There there's a lot made in the ceremony over the familialness of it. Like amice is stated to now be their mother, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's a spoiler to say that just doesn't come up, really um again yeah just for this this, the purposes of this ritual really yeah and i mean but a lot but in within that ritual a lot is made over that Mm -hmm. and another thing is that the title of first sister is what aiel refer to biological sisters Mm are our our first sisters Mm -hmm. without having gone through this ceremony good point so there are either just biological sisters or two women who have gone through this ceremony but they don't differentiate between the two, which is a little odd to me because it's it's not like all biological sisters are like absolute best friends, mm-hmm. and because they're not go- required to go through the ceremony when they're young or anything. Nor do they specify whether a, a woman who already has a biological sister. And adds a a first sister through the ceremony. You're right. If Avienda has a sister, does so? Like,
0: is Elaine that other chick's sister too? Now, right?
1: Yeah. And and I kind of tried to look, and I couldn't find in the lore like if if that's ever clearly outlined. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't seem like the Aiel usually have large families, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. Like if resources. Yeah, I don't know if
0: Avienda has any siblings, physical siblings.
1: Yeah, biological siblings. Uh, I, I can't almost, I can on. look it up, but I'm too late. Yeah. 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 Somebody's going to comment. That's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I think she does, but anyway, but if yeah, so, we, they certainly didn't leave an impression. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's just like, you know, one scene, like, and she's like, oh yeah, that's my, that's my first sister over there. But it's like clear it's her biological sister. I I think I may be making that up, but anyway, the main thing I wanted to say is this, and we, we touched on this in the last episode, just ever so briefly. There are lots of people online who want to ship Elaine and Avienda. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I and, agree, and it's many of them cool. will tell you that their their relationship isn't clearly intended to be sexual in the books, and that it is this is tantamount to a wedding ceremony. No, and, and because of that, because I've read a lot of that, and I didn't get that at all in my first reading. I actually really went, looking for that. I went through this multiple times, and then I went and read the summaries on both wikis. That, and then I read the entries on Aiel familial relationships. There's just nothing remotely like this. Yes, it it's not in there, guys. Just not y'all. You know, sorry. I, I mean, they're you know, like
0: he has pillow friends, and like there literally right. are. Lesbian relationships in Wheel of Time. I mean, they're not they're not like central to the story, but it's it is a fact of the Wheel of Time series, and this is not one of them. So it's not to say that the again the show could do something different, exactly. But this is not what that's not what happened. Right. Exactly.
1: I say that because it frustrates me a little bit that there seems to be this thing happening in popular culture that wants to inject like a sexual dimension into any close relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't like it because I feel like it misses the beauty of, like, platonic a, friendship, yeah, a real mm-hmm. close platonic friendship. Hundred like, percent agree. And and one of the things I like about the Wheel of Time is how much it's really not about sex and sexuality. Like right. there there is there are, it, it is a component. It's not completely. That's what as, makes it so jarring when we get into the polyamory polygamy stuff. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just
0: weird and feels forced compared yeah. to so much of the other interactions in the series. Right.
1: Yeah. And typically it's like it's peppered throughout, and then you have these like strange. Moments, but you know it's scarce, and even when it does happen, it's not really belabored. Like, uh, right. it, anyway, I know I've said a lot of this stuff before. You know, I would
0: I welcome a debate on this with anyone online who wants to to point to examples to evidence in the books of Elaine and Avienda having a romantic relationship. I mean, yes, they're very close. Yes, they're they're first sisters. They love the same man. All of those facts but any evidence of them having a like a physical attraction to each other i mean just i mean like if i've missed it i've missed it i want to know that i've missed it but i I i've not seen it
1: well and and i think people will like point to scenes where they're like taking a bath together and it's like i I know that's not that's not the same um like okay yeah maybe maybe that is where you can read into it, but
0: I just don't think that's where Jordan's head was at.
1: Right. I like, think that's he, what
0: I get. That's my point. Maybe it's I feel like,
1: a, like by this time in the series, we're we're like in the early two thousands, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if he wanted to say it, he would have said it. Yeah, it, yeah. It would have been pretty clear. So you know, it's not like you know we were talking about you know oh he wrote this in the sixties so he had to be coy. And I want to be clear here. I would be totally cool with these characters being in a relationship
0: together. Oh, I'll be shocked if they're not like, I don't, I don't mind. I don't have like a moral objection. My objection is that it's not in the book.
1: Yes. And, and,
0: And as we've said that they are, have the license to change whatever they want.
1: Uh, and I have a, and I have a right to say, I don't like it. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I mean, like in general, I like the books the way they are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's more my issue than mm-hmm. yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I think that that puts it in a good that you're phrasing it the way i'm thinking it and so and my main thing is like people will see a change and or, or people will see something that they're they're choosing to do with the show and try to say oh no that's the way it is in the books and i just want to say like well okay it's not that i'm saying that that this absolutely shouldn't be in the show it's just that don't say oh that's the way it is in the books when it's not it's mm-hmm. maybe you can argue that there are implications at most but mm-hmm. yeah but it's definitely not explicit yeah um,
0: maybe there were, maybe in some on some level there was chemistry but i think scenes like this cement that
1: platonic friendship right that feeling of being a sister right and if nothing else to me it's like we've seen what an Iel wedding ceremony looks like and mm-hmm. it's very different mm-hmm. it's it it's not like this so I mean I, I feel like again if this was supposed to be equivalent to that they would be more similar so anyway enough about that okay now we move on to a perspective from Tovin you remember Tovin right right <laughs> oh yeah how could you not 100% okay to refresh your memory, since you've forgotten her, she's a red sister who led the would-be Inquisition to the Black Tower, only to be captured uh, and yes, by forcibly bonded by Loghain. Yes, now, now it's all coming back to you. Mm-hmm. This scene actually has some important info. Uh, we learned that the captured Aes Sedai are pretty frustrated with one another and with Elida. And uh, the, the, I think the captured Aes seem mm-hmm. to be blaming Tovin and have actually beaten her, but Loghain ordered that she be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly here is that Tovin sees evidence of a rift in the Black Tower. There seems to be two factions. One is Taim's and the other L- L- is L-gain's. Loghain's. Also, important is that Taim uh, has put Flynn, Hopwell, and Narishma on the traitor's list, uh, which means they're supposed to be you know, killed. But with, there's no explanation. And th- this is pretty odd. Like the last time we saw them, they were like faithfully serving Rand. So, mm-hmm. yes. This this should put us all on high alert mm-hmm. about Taim's intentions at this point. Mm-hmm. So
0: it seems risky if Rand was just to pop in, which maybe right. the, maybe he's expecting
1: that he won't hasn't yeah. hasn't yet. So yeah, We've worked out for him so far. Finally, we join Rand who is with Men at the Kyrian School. Uh, the steampunk mm-hmm. aesthetic is coming along nicely. Mid-mas. It sounds. But more importantly, in this scene, Rand sets up stewards in the various kingdoms he's conquered. Dabrain and Kyrian, Darlin and Tyr, Gregorin and Ilian. I don't even remember who that is. And Min takes a bunch of books from Herodfell's rooms and they use Warp Whistle to go to level eight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, they just go far away from there. Min tells Rand she knows he's planning something and Rand says that he plans uh, to cleanse Sidene, but first he has to deal with the men who... The men who need killing. Room. So h- here's the interesting thing to me about this prologue. For once, pretty much the entire prologue is actually setting up a lot of what's going to be happening in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, all kind of, of refreshing. These, yeah, all of these are relevant and kind of giving you little indications of the major plots we're going to be following not all of them Mm -hmm. but most of them and the one big one that we're going to be following happens (laughs) to kick off in in uh chapters one and two here so moving on to chapter one Mm um chapter one two and three I put as skim all um, they, they all have kind of important stuff, but they, they all are, are a little bit longer than the amount of information. Actually. It's a little
0: bit exhausting kind of, yeah, just this whole, <laughs> this plot, yeah. I mean, just yeah. like the, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like we left one parent yeah. and file plot of them being mad at each other and him oh. not and understanding yeah. why. And now we're under this one and it, multiple plots, really. I mean, you know, both, Perrin trying to find Fey'ul and still dealing with the barrel lane stuff. You're right, and then yep. you'll you'll get
1: into the, the other
0: aspect of yeah. that here shortly. <laughs> so do
1: we're with Perrin, who, mm-hmm. who is still carrying out Rand's orders to fetch Massima, aka the Prophet of the Dragon, aka the Mayor of Crazy Town. Unfortunately, while Masima worships the dragon and the dragon can channel, he thinks that channeling is evil for everyone but the dragon, so he won't agree to just step through a gateway made by the Asherman. That would be too simple. Right. (laughs) Uh, But also,
0: really, you're not going to find Rand at this point anyway. It's it's a mood
1: point. (laughs) (laughs) He's Um, he's in the wind. Fair enough. Um, Elias points out that they could just knock him out and take him through a gateway, which You're is kind of a army. funny image. It, it reminds me of the moment in Endgame game when Rhodey suggests going back in time and killing baby Thanos. Like, why don't we just like, I see Elias just going like, why don't we just and like mimicking like or miming, right. like, knock, knocking <laughs> him on knock the, him head over and, the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, parents concerned that this could result in like the, the dragon sworn prophet army starting to just slaughter everyone around. Mm-hmm. obviously it's he doesn't a want to do valid that. concern, sir. Right. Things do kind of break down here for me though, because Jordan usually does a pretty good job of making his magic system, I have rules and the plot and everything. It seems like it wouldn't be that difficult to make just enough gateways until they figure out where Rand is and mm-hmm. just have him stop by long enough to be able to make a gateway and push Masima through and be like yeah i mean my point is that this isn't even like
0: important or this doesn't even matter because perrin's about to get the news he's about to get and then he's not gonna right. care oh, yeah. about plot-wise, doing that this, anymore anyway yeah, so like plot wise this is all
1: like <laughs> yeah this is all like here's all the things that aren't gonna matter to perrin in a few seconds mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i guess like, from a narrative standpoint it's it it it's realistic for
0: to say you know, that
1: all of it feels like because i mean you know we all have these days where we're doing something that feels very important and then something like much more important oh man yeah, you have it. like a, you have like a punch
0: list here's all the cool stuff i'm gonna do today and you get that phone call text email and voicemail i'm like nope not doing no, any of that I, stuff now yeah <laughs>
1: Our warehouse uh, flooded this week, so, yeah. Right. A pandemic has been declared. Yeah, that changes everything. By the way, he, the wise ones traveling with Perrin think that he should just kill Masima. But like, Perrin's no, but, like... But for real, though, you, you should really kill him. <laughs> they're, <laughs> right. they're all like, we yeah. want to reemphasize this point.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not and kidding around. We're not joking. For real, kill him.
1: <laughs> Perrin is such a softie. He's just like, I mean, I'd rather not.
0: Like, yeah, you yeah. know, Rand asked me to bring him back to him in one piece. And
1: yeah. Well, I guess I will. That's when Balwer approaches Perrin and gives him intelligence of the Sean Chan's movements to the east, including the battle... They lost to the this Is there verse, ever a uh, scene with Balware where he's not described as dusty? <laughs> the dusty old really, man. Yeah, I really want to see Baller. I, I, I mean, I really hope that he is like super shady just mm-hmm. immediately when you mm-hmm. look at him. Just like oh wow, well, yes, um, <laughs> like yeah. Well, the word on the street is see. Right. You know. <laughs> perrin doesn't seem to care too much about any of the stuff Baller saying. Is like okay, yeah, sure, good. They sound like. They're far enough away from us that we don't have to worry about it. And mm-hmm. if the Ashiman beat them, then that's good news. He's just really preoccupied with seeing Fael again, mm-hmm. which is bad news for him because the title of chapter two is Taken. Mm-hmm. This of course is the chapter where Perrin flies to Europe and personally murders everyone involved in a human trafficking ring just to get Fael back from the Shido. And then they make um, more movies. Yes. I, I kind of hate the fact that I already did the taken speech for when Rand was captured. True, um, true. If I thought ahead, I would have realized this makes much more sense here. But it does. Anyway. Yes. This chapter starts with Beryl approaching and explaining uh, they were attacked and Fael, and a whole bunch of other important people were kidnapped. And Perrin is obviously very distressed, but... You know, like I said, Fael wasn't the only one taken. Megden, who of Couple course of is queens. actually more gays, and uh, Aleandre, um, or whatever her name is, she, who's the flipping queen of Gildon, was also taken. Uh, and around this time, Arganda, who apparently is Aleandre's first captain, um, starts to threaten the Aiel, saying, well, it was Aiel who took we him. We got so- some
0: Aiel right here.
1: yeah. Just is kind of hilarious and also very realistic. Like you <laughs> it know, is. <laughs> it's kind of like that thing that happened after nine eleven when suddenly like everybody was like really rude and and awful to anybody who looked vague, vaguely Middle Eastern. Oh yeah, history and, repeats itself
0: like, over and over again. It's like the Japanese camps in World War Two.
1: It's it's sad how. Accurate, that probably would be. It's like, even though we've got these aiel that we've been hanging out with for a little while now, why don't we just grab them and start to, you know, kill them as if they could? You know, like the Giladon army would have no chance against nope. any number of aiel Nope. Perrin's like, just dude, you just chill, okay? First of all, your queen sword serve me. And uh, so you actually are, you know, under me, so you just you just chill, and Beryl Lane comes by and says, "You handled that really well." <laughs> and brushes his back, and mm-hmm. he's like, "You know, you stay away from me," <laughs> and um, bites her heads off. So she leaves.
0: Um, so this is, it will be interesting to see how the show handles the whole Beryl Lane dynamic. I mean, yes. you know, I guess it's fair to say that they could both have. You know, free love concepts, and have Perrin be very ferociously true to his wife, uh, but it will be yeah. kind of interesting to see
1: that. I mean, I hope they do. Um, to me, it, I know some people will disagree. To me, Perrin and Fael's relationship is one of the the more interesting ones because of the fact that they stay faithful to one another throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing when right. that clearly is not a value in this world <laughs> uh, or not a major one anyway. So yeah, the rest of this chapter is everyone offering to help. Um, Aaron even reaches out to wolves who are sympathetic. Like two, over legs. Him. two legs, man. We don't know. Yeah. We, we don't recognize her like, sorry, you lost your she, which I thought was funny, but they don't have any information to offer. Um, which makes sense uh, i can imagine a wolf wouldn't be very helpful in that situation right i mean it would be like if somebody (laughs) said like have you seen this particular wolf and you know you'd seen like a dozen wolves that day and it's Like, like i don't know man maybe i yeah i mean wolves is wolves i'm freaking out if there are wolves in my neighborhood you know, yes, I would be more like, well, probably because I did see some wolves today, and that's unusual. <laughs> and I called
0: all the people I could call to try to get get them out of my neighborhood because <laughs> right. I'm terrified well, they're going to eat my wiener dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Elias says he'll go out scouting. And when Perrin dis- uh, tries to distract himself, he realizes there's just nothing for him to do. So he ends the chapter just standing on a cliff's edge with Talonvor, who's also obviously concerned Distraught. about Megden. And so they, they're both looking down and watching the tracks of Elias as he and the other scouts have gone to search for where the shadow might have um, taken them. So then we go to Chapter 3, Customs. Um, this chapter is, a course, where Aiel spends several days waiting in line for customs at the Atlanta airport. <laughs> um, okay, okay, she doesn't have it quite that bad. Right, right. Uh, she's just naked and bound, walking barefoot through the snow. So, right. really, yeah, not a big much deal. better mm-hmm. than customs at Hartsfield Jackson International, especially nowadays. <laughs> right. She notes that her captor, an Aiel named Roland. Uh, doesn't seem to regard her despite her nakedness and (laughs) she's almost offended like Like, dang it i mean you you can notice me a little like i mean don't stare but like you know try try me like a horse yeah (laughs) cattle (laughs) and right eventually when her feet start bleeding picks her up and throws her over his shoulder she has to work her hands and feet to try to keep the blood moving so she doesn't pass out aleandre Megden, Bane, Chiad, Arela, and LaSille are all there. And Alejandra and Megden start to struggle a bit. And Fael's like, oh, that's just a waste of energy. That's not like you're going to get away. And like, let's save it and we'll figure out a way out of here later. She eventually does pass out and wakes up in the Shido camp. She's now at least semi-clothed and being attended to by a guy Shine, And that is where we end this chapter and this episode if you have any thoughts
0: questions comments you can check us out on all the socials at podcast tsm uh, if you'd like to send us an email you can find us at stuff at tsm uh, or on youtube give us a like uh, subscribe and if we get enough subscriptions likes we will uh do a live stream and until next time Ty Sharman ethrin